You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three, our final hour of the day here on the show. Bill Rowan along with KJ Carson filling in for Chelsea and Jinx. It is the Daily Tip right here brought to you by BetMGM. We're going to get into some NFL news and notes in this segment coming up at 820. We'll dive back into college basketball as well. And then, of course, our best bets coming your way at 840. KJ, I know you do some work in Boston. And Boston is known for being able to throw back a few here and there, I would imagine, correct? I mean, as far as the fan base. Oh, it's no imagination. Oh, it's just no imagination, you know. As we talk NFL here, there is a recent study that the former website known as Twitter, now on X, did Mm -hmm. as far as the drunkest fans in the NFL. So before I give them to you, who would you guess might be in the top five drunkest fans in the NFL? Well, Boston for sure is top five, for sure. Um, if But if I had to give you another city, I would say Philadelphia. Okay. You may be surprised. Neither of them in the top five. What? Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville up there? Jacksonville, not in the top five. Now, let me give you how they determined this, and you can tell me if this changes your idea here. This is according to a survey that tracks 28,000 smartphone-connected breath breath tests on game day to get the average blood alcohol content level. Does that change your – you got to have yourself up to a BAC account. Wait, okay, okay, okay. So first of all, that's not happening. Second of all, the check is, bro, you good? Are you good, bro? So like right. like if that was the if that was like, hey, we picked up on fifty thousand smartphones at at games, bro, you good? Are you good, bro? Then Boston would have to be one or two. Philadelphia would have to be up there as well. But yeah, so you're te- talking technology. So is the is San Francisco up there? Here's number five. And this isn't a surprise okay. at all. The New Orleans Saints checked in at number five. The average BAC, 0.08, which is right at the limit usually for okay. if you, you know, drunk driving. Next, the Atlanta Falcons, 0.085. Mm. Yeah. Third, Indianapolis, 0.085 as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> not surprised here, the Steeler fans. Okay. 
And the drunkest fans, according to this survey on X, the Tennessee Titans at point zero nine three. So New Orleans, right? It's a it's a parish state. So you right. need to be on top of that because their laws are a little bit different. That's five. Who did you have at four again? Who was four? Four was Atlanta. Okay, yeah, we finna get tone up. We finna turn up here because <laughs> the team sucks and the beer's great. Okay, so that so that's Atlanta. What was three? Indianapolis, which I found odd. I didn't think that uh, they would at- be in the top five. Wait a minute. As leadership go, show do the people. Okay. Wow, that's a fair. Okay. I wonder if that was only Thursday's phone that they were checking. His alone. Now I need to be careful. My best friend's daughter is a cheerleader for the for the Colts, and she's a very, very straight edge girl. So, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about the team owned by Ursay. Okay. That's three. Pittsburgh, what do you see people doing? A lot of people are walking up to the stadium from a neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. What what do you think's in that neighborhood? Like it's a bunch of bars there. And then at number one, you mentioned that the most drunkest fans were Tennessee Titans. Tennessee. Hello. It's Nashville, Tennessee. Have you I mean, my goodness, girls have their 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 bachelorette parties there. Woo! Let's go to a game. Yeah. yeah. I, look, oh. spot on. I, I, I can't argue with it. Bottom five. These were interesting. The mm. bottom five. So the most sober Los Angeles Chargers fans, 0.006. Baltimore okay. Ravens fans, which I'm a little surprised at because I used to work up there covering the Ravens, work for the organization. There are a lot of fans up there tailgating. There was a lot of drunkness going on, but they were number four, point zero five nine. Giants fans, 0.058. Commanders fans, also 0.058. No surprise, this town is lame. Number one, number one, and this was interesting, the two-time defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, 0.051. The most sober fan base are the Chiefs. They're obviously not up in the box with Mahomes and Goldberg. So this makes a lot of sense. So number five, give that to me again. Number five, least drunk or least, most sober, yeah. the Chargers. Right. Okay, that's Los Angeles, and, and it's the Chargers. They're kind of the secondary thing there. So there's probably less people there. Okay, number yep. four, least. Ravens were the Ravens, which, again, I was surprised at. Here's why I'm not surprised. Think of all okay. the tunnels around the harbor that you have to get into and you don't want to be in the wrong tunnel and end up on an episode of The Wire, okay? So that makes uh, a lot of sense why you want to have your head be like, you make a couple of wrong turns, suddenly you're in Stringer Bell's territory. I'm just saying yeah, that that's where the stadium is, okay? We know this. Know <laughs> you're right. It's right okay. down there. Right. Num- Third Num- is the Giants. Okay, highbrow. They eat their sandwiches with the crust off of them. You know, that's Giants fans. They're kind of elitist. They're the only ones I know that do ads for Cartier watches. Who wears a Cartier watch to a football game? Number two, least drunk was? Two was the Washington Commanders, which, again, that's not a surprise. There's nothing going on in this well, town. so. Well, that and you're at the state line, right? You're at the Maryland-Virginia state line. You're near it, so you don't want a chance going Maryland into Virginia because they'll tell you, 
if people in Maryland say you go to Virginia, you're just asking to get pulled over. (laughs) It's one of those Commonwealth states, right? And number one is the Chiefs for the same reason. They're right on the state line with Missouri and Kansas. And if you remember your history classes, Kansas is the Jayhawk state because they're free as a bird because that's where escaped slaves went to. And Missouri was the last slave state. So the Missouri side, they're going to have more stringent laws about drinking, driving, stuff like that. So you don't want, and I've lived in Kansas City, you don't want to have to cross state lines because now you may have a inter, you may have a multi-state problem just going two miles. So makes total, look, spot on to these so they don't, uh, they're spot on with these. All right. I was surprised at Baltimore, but you make a good point. You don't want to end up on an episode, a real-life episode of The Wire. So that was the one That's that I was right. surprised at was Baltimore. All right. More reason for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans to drink, perhaps, is they got to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback here, KJ. Apparently, Mm. for the Steelers, they're still not sure. There's some inside bickering about what to do with Kenny Pickett. So in your mind, if you're the Steelers brass, what do you do with Kenny Pickett? Some of them say, hey, he made enough progress. We should give him the start right out of the gate. Just get a veteran backup, not worry about it. Others have said, hey, you know what? We need to bring in some competition here, including perhaps Chicago's Justin Fields in a trade. What are you doing at quarterback? Yeah, I don't do a trade for Justin Fields, not because Justin Fields isn't worth the trade. You may end up with two left shoes, right? Like you might find out that Justin Fields can't get it done, and you know that Kenny Pickett can't get it done. And if you're Justin Fields, whoever trades for you, the first thing you're asking for is the extension, right? So if I'm Pittsburgh, I hold on to Kenny Pickett because you still are in an advantageous position where he's still on his rookie deal. You just have to kind of scope out what the market really is going to be, say, for a Russell Wilson. Is he willing to take a haircut? And can you get him on the hook for, say, 22 to $25 million? Where if you combine the two salaries, then you're talking about, okay, you're paying about $35 million for a quarterback, but you have two, and you could get rid of the you can get rid of Kenny Pickett for then some advantageous picks down the road. So I would hold on to him, and I also wouldn't show my hand and say let let's let him go now and then try and shop, and then guys are going to know okay you need a quarterback so now my price goes up. So Kenny Pickett stays, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Kenny Pickett plays. Well, that's the interesting thing because the people inside the organization that are pro picket, if you will, don't want to mm-hmm. bring in a Fields, uh, Russell Wilson, or somebody like that, Kirk Cousins, because they don't want necessarily the quote unquote competition for picket. They'd rather go with you know maybe somebody like a Ryan Tannehill was the you know the the thought that. Yeah, and if you get into a spot, if Pickett gets hurt or whatever, then Tannehill can come in, but Tannehill's not going to come in and expect to be the starter where all these other guys, Cousins, Russell Wilson, Fields, would expect to start. Is that a good way to go about it if you're the Steelers and you're trying to break through? They're in their longest drought since Chuck Knoll was the head coach of not winning a playoff game or getting to a conference championship. Yeah, what are we doing? Babysitting chicken nuggets here? Look, The idea is to win games. So here's a name I'll throw out there that might be pretty enticing for Pittsburgh and could be pretty scary at the same time for Kenny Pickett. Joe Flacco. After what Joe Flacco did at the end of last year, 
If you bring him in, well, Joe Flacco will say, well, it's no problem if Kenny Pickett's the guy. But now you know what I can do when I come off the couch. So, yeah, you if, if I'm Mike Tomlin, yeah, it might be a bit obvious of what you're trying to do if you try to go get a Russell Wilson or if you say we're going to make a run at Kirk Cousins. Then clearly you're telling Kenny Pickett you're not the guy at some point. I still say you have to go about it to give yourself the best chance possible because keep in mind, they still made the playoffs and benched Kenny Pickett. That's amazing. So you would say, what if this team had Joe Flacco as their quarterback versus, you know, dealing with, you know, uh, Mason Rudolph, you, you might say this team probably could have been in that Buffalo game or potentially could have won that game just with better quarterback play. You just never felt that Pittsburgh had any type of chance because of the QB player. So, if you go get if you could go get someone like Joe Flacco and have a conversation with him saying, "Hey, look, if after four games we don't believe that Kenny Pickett's the guy, you're our guy." Then that's the move I make. If that's the case that the Steelers only want to get a veteran backup like a Flacco, let's say, or Ryan Tannehill or somebody like that. What does this mean now for the rest of the starters that may be out there looking for new places to play? If Minnesota decides to part ways with Kirk Cousins. It looks like Denver is going to jettison Russell Wilson. He and Sierra put their big Denver mansion up on the market. That's usually a telltale sign that you're getting out of town. What's going to happen with these, maybe even Geno Smith in Seattle? Who knows what they're going to do there? What does it mean for these other quarterbacks, and how does the carousel spin? KJ, if you're a GM of an NFL team, and and I'll ask you about, first off, in Minnesota – should they just go ahead and re-up with Cousins, or do they need to look elsewhere? You know, the, the tough part with Cousins is his money is so great, and it goes back to when he was in Washington because he kept getting franchise tagged. It was like the guy was hopscotching entire hopscotch boards. So Kirk Cousins has such a big number that from a financial standpoint, you feel like, man, we've got to cut bait. But at the same time, while you still have Justin Jefferson on a rookie contract, I would say at least ride it out. See if Detroit is the real deal. Is Green Bay as good as they've seen to have become? And you don't want to be lost, left out. Now, if you move on, I'm going to give you a surprise name. You may look at someone like a Mac Jones where you say, okay, we can get this guy at a low number. The head coach used to play for Belichick. He was He was a backup quarterback there, so he knows the environment from what he's coming from. He's got a great offensive mind. So you might take a chance on him and say, okay, we could get him with the number one receiver, and hopefully we can build forward and not spend $50 million for the quarterback. But if I'm Minnesota, I got to make sure that Justin Jefferson's happy, and I don't want him to feel like these next couple of years are rebuild when you're the best receiver in the league. So you've got to – maybe you do Kirk Cousins one more year – and see where that goes. If you're Russell Wilson, where do you want to end up around the league? If, let's say, Cousins stays in Minnesota, where's the job opening? If you're Russell Wilson, you're not going to be in Denver. Where do you end up? I like him in Pittsburgh. Um, I okay. like him in New England. Yeah, you'd want mm. to see Russell Wilson go where they have some type of running game. So, Because what we're seeing now, Russell Wilson can't do – the miraculous things on third and seven, third and 12 that he used to do. And a lot of it started with his legs. His process time is just down a bit. And that's what happens. You get hit smacked around as a quarterback. 
So he's going to need a really strong run game. So that way when the play action happens, it gives him at least an extra half step to either take off or to get that separation, separation from the receiver. He'll have better receivers in Pittsburgh. But again, as we just talked about, I think that that may be the real reason why they're screaming pro Kenny Pickett. I mean, how can you be pro anything for the guy who didn't play in the last pro game you guys played? So I think their real concern is that Russell Wilson comes in and he's the new quarterback. I think Pittsburgh would be ideal for him. Definitely going to be interesting in the NFL. Never stops. It's 365 days a year. So we'll keep an eye on all those quarterback movements coming up. Coming up next here on the show, we're going to talk a little college basketball, get you a couple of games to look at today. If you're looking for something to gamble on, it's Bill and KJ in for Chelsea and Jinx. It is the Daily Tip brought to you by Bet and GM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. It is the Daily Tip here on BetQL Network, brought to you by BetMGM. Streaming on Twitch, check us out, twitch.tv slash BetQL, Bill Rold. KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx here on this Monday. We appreciate you hanging out with us and we're going to get to your college basketball games tonight in the top 25. There are a couple of games, including one top 10 matchup that we'll talk about as Houston will be in action. Also going to talk about the reveal of the top 16 teams as far as the NCAA tournament bracket goes. That came out over the weekend as well. But KJ, before we get to both of those, mm. I don't know how much of a fan you are of Rick Patino, if any. But the St. John's coach, and you might know the story that I'm going to bring up here, Mm -hmm. called coaching this year's St. John's team, quote, the most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. Well, it could. uh, So can I can I tell you, can I tell you about I won't tell you the player, but this goes back to what Patino was coaching the Celtics. And he said, in any sport, out of all the sports, the sport to get the coach fired the easiest is the NBA. And he says, while you're not purposely going out there, he says, it's something to front rim a shot or a little too much to hit the back rim, right? So they said they used to practice when Patino would walk out and have, like, you know, coach meetings, shoot around, practicing hitting the back rim on their shots so they know these shots would be missed that looked like they were going in. So they would be like, Coach, I thought the ball was going in. They did this to Patino. <laughs> That's how they felt about him. So I won't say which Celtics player it was, but they told me, look, you can find a way to miss a shot in the NBA. That's not a, you know, like, you know, look, we all know how to make shots. We know how to miss a shot too. And Rick Patino has taken so many shots virtually everywhere he's gone. Like, if I was a St. John's player, I would come in with a bucket of KFC chicken and just set it at his office door and say, hopefully this reminds you of happier times, coach. <laughs> that yeah, proceed to lose your scholarship. Yeah, well, exactly. His quote after the game was, we are so unathletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. For me, I've always enjoyed my first year to place I'm not going to lie to you. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. This has been so disappointing. This came after they lost at home to Seton Hall, 68 
to 62 over the weekend. But here's the thing. It's not like KJ the old days where you come in, you take over St. John's team, and you're just kind of left with whatever is there. These days with the transfer portal and been able to strip down a roster and rebuild almost immediately, which many teams have been able to do, this is a situation where these guys were all handpicked by Patino. So if it's unenjoyable, whose fault is that? Shaheen Holloway's. That's what it really is. I think, I think that's what it is. He's just mad. He just lost the game to Shaheen. How'd I lose to him? He probably, probably whispered. He probably said like, yeah, yeah. You talked all that junk when I was, when I was playing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at it now. Because here's the thing. I think Patino has failed to realize the great things that he has accomplished under the guise of wanting more. He's like the Gordon Gecko. Like, what are you chasing at this point? Right. You took Kentucky out of the dull. You, you, you changed you change the culture of Kentucky when they were coming out of their death penalty phase. You re, you reinvigorated reinvigorated Louisville when it was the second or third class stepchild to Kentucky that you so you've done all these things. You brought the Knicks back from the dead. What you did at Providence, right? I think he's still chasing the the bad the three bad stories, probably the how Louisville ended, how it ended with him. Um uh, with this and with the Celtics and how things went finished off at Kentucky, which weren't the best that he's trying to rectify all those different things. And bro, you're not going to do it through the St. John's store. Okay. That's not the team that's going to get you back to resurrection city. You know, like, like take your win. Like even what you did at St. Bonaventure, when you showed back up in the league, you did a great thing. Tap yourself on the back for that. But what do you, what do you think you're going like, to these kids you're getting now? They don't even know who Rick Pitino is or was. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's amazing because he went through like player by player and was like, this guy's too slow. This guy's weak physically. This guy can't do this. And then when I say we tried to get guys and he, you know, named some other players at other places. We tried to get this guy. We tried to get that guy. We couldn't come through with it. And this is the greatest quote of all that I love this. Said there were circumstances that had to be done over that were out of my control. First off, you're the head coach. Stay out of your control. We had to bite the bullet and clean certain things out academically as well as athletically. It's what had to be done to start over. So if you knew all of that, why are you destroying these poor kids and throwing them under the bus? This guy's unathletic. This guy can't move laterally. This guy's just strength. is He's weak. It's an awful look for a 71-year-old Rick Patino because kids these days are going to look at that 
And like you said, KJ, they don't remember him being the Celtics head coach. They don't remember him doing what he did these other stops. They just know that they watched him rip some of the guys that they know and talk about how bad they are. Hey, Caleb Love isn't walking through that portal door, okay? No, he's you know, not. So- <laughs> Neither is AJ Score, which is one of the guys he named as a player that he wanted. That ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> Edie's not walking through that portal door, Rick. Get through it. Yeah, it is It is a tough thing for Rick Pitino. And actually, you know what? I'd, I'd like to say I feel bad for him, but I don't, KJ. I don't at nobody all. Feels bad. Nobody, nobody feels bad for Rick Pitino at this point. Nobody. Yeah. Like you've done can. more you're 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 doing more damage to the good things that you've done than the bad things that have occurred in places that are tend to be smaller, right? St. John's is not a powerhouse. They haven't been a powerhouse probably since Malik Sealy took that team to the final four. That was the last years. <clears throat> but you're 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 screaming over kids that you should be happy that can at least get you within six of Seton Hall. My goodness. There's a couple of years right. ago, St. John's was, they were a doormat. Like, could you find St. John's gear? You probably couldn't even buy that at any Dwayne Reed store a couple of years ago. That's how bad they were. So, you know, be appreciative that someone's hiring you one, Rick. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, Chris Mullins not walking through that door, as to use his famous quote from when he was with the Celtics. Right. So, right. all right, top 25 matchups today, or at least games involving the top teams in the top 25. We'll start First in the ACC, bit of a rivalry game. Number 21, Virginia, on the road to Virginia Tech. And this is one of those spots, KJ, Chelsea and Jinx talk about it all the time. The unranked team favored at home over the ranked team. The Hokies laying three and a half, the total of 126 and a half, which mm. no surprise there. Mm. It's Virginia. It's Tony Bennett. It's that right. defense. What do you like in this one? The Cavaliers getting points on the road against Virginia Tech. Virginia, again, trying to keep pace with North Carolina at the top of the ACC, try to win that regular season crown. I like Virginia to cover the three and a half, that the, the, point, the three, three and a half that they're, they're, they're getting. And here's why. Yeah, I get it. Virginia versus Virginia Tech tends to be one of those games. It doesn't matter where they are in their standings. They tend to be competitive games. But I think when this game being at home, it's going to be incumbent on Virginia to get points and get points early. I think Virginia Tech to do that. I think Virginia will be able to keep the tempo slow and these totals low. So I think that's why that under is is really just a, a little bit of juice over over even versus the over, which I don't see happening. So I, I like them to cover the three and a half. I can't sit here and tell you that Virginia Tech won't win this game but if they do, it's going to be a one-two point game at best with a low score. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think I would tend to lean more towards the under if I was going to make any play in this because, yep. again, you look at the the pace numbers for Virginia, and we know they play at a, a glacier pace. They are right now, as I look at the Ken Palm numbers, at adjusted tempo, three hundred and six. Excuse me, three hundred and sixty second. <laughs> 362nd. They are as slow as you can get. So, yes, 126 is a pretty low number, 126 and a half. But if I'm going to play anything in this, I would be with you as well. I would take UVA in the points, but I think I would look towards the under in this one as well because, boy, they Mm. just do not play fast at all. All right, number 10, Iowa State at number three, Houston. A big matchup here. In the Big 12, Cougars minus nine and a half. 
The total, Ooh. another low one because, again, it's Houston. It's pace and defense. This total, 127.5. What do you like here? I'll tell you what I don't like is that spread. That 9.5 is quite juicy right there. So I'm going to take Iowa State to cover the 9.5. But like you said, we talked about it earlier. If Houston starts missing shots, the game can get very interesting very fast. But I think they'll be able to keep the tempo at the rate that they want to. I think plus being at home, I think they'll be a little more head honed in with it being a conference game as well. So I think Houston wins the game. I just don't see it being a nine and a half spread. I, I, I like I like Iowa State covering the nine and a half. Yeah, that's an it's an interesting one because again, Houston just as good defensively. In fact, they're the best defensive team. Uh, in the country, well, in the conference anyway, and probably one of the best in the country. They actually are now from the weekend number one. So they're the best defense, according to Ken Palm, in the country. The difference between them and Virginia is they also have a top 20 offense as well. Virginia does not. They struggle a lot to score points. But I'm with you. The nine and a half is tough because Houston can go through stretches at times where they don't score. And they may not score for three or four minutes, but you ain't scoring for three or four minutes either. Four minutes either. So I, I might look actually at that under as well, although at 127, mm. I like the way that Iowa State can score. It would be interesting. But, yeah, if I played anything on this, maybe Iowa State plus the nine and a half probably wouldn't play the total on it. But I think it this mm. could probably be a closer game than a lot of people think, even though Iowa State is on the road here. They also – have a pretty elite defense as well. They're top five in Ken Palm. So it's going to be a struggle at time. You, if you tune this game in, there are going to be stretches where you go, hey, do they understand that the idea is to put the ball <laughs> in the basket and not just throw it towards the basket? Because there may be some right. some lockdown defensive uh, segments in this ball game. Yeah, bring out the peach basket when, when you have situations like this, right? Let's go back to that. Look, this this feels like one of those games where I clearly believe that Houston wins the game. It may that total may start to shrink down as you get towards the end, where it might be yeah. an eleven point game, and here comes a couple of buckets from Iowa State, but the game is out of balance, and and, and then boom, it gets you you know into that nine and a half where they cover. So this could be one of those backdoor covers, where a couple of baskets here or there, maybe some key players are not in there for Houston, and the defense gets a little laxed and gives up a couple of buckets and maybe a six point game, and then you're like whoo. I'm good because even another three, I'm still covered. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm looking at the money line, Houston minus 500, not willing to weigh that, uh, to lay that, right. even though I know that I think Houston will win this game. But I did the, the minus 500. That's just too much to lay out there. Yeah, just give me right, the over, money if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Over the weekend, the NCAA came out and talked about who their top 16 seeds are. They put them out. Top seeds, second seed, third seed, fourth seeds for the upcoming NCAA tournament. Again, this is just a snapshot in time of how things have gone so far, taking away things that happened yesterday. This did not include Purdue losing to Ohio State, but Purdue just slightly by the metrics ahead of UConn for the overall top seed. Purdue plus 650 to win the national title. UConn right below them, but the favorite at plus 500 to defend also along with Houston and Arizona, of those four that were given number one seeds by the NCAA committee at this point, which of the four do you trust as we get towards March Madness? I trust UConn. 
I, they're 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 dotting all their eyes and crossing all their T's. I think it just really comes down to matchups, right? If this is a team that let's say faces North Carolina in a one-two battle, it could be one of the historic games of of recent memory. But they may not see a quality. Uh, a, what they did to Marquette was just unbelievable. If they do that again to someone of of that type of ilk, then you'd have to say even Purdue doesn't bother me. Purdue, you always have to consider just because of, of Edie and his size. Uh, Ohio State did an amazing job in defending him. It probably will be a demonstration tape for teams moving forward on how to play him. And if they could be effective with that, I think that could be effective. But UConn is the team that I trust because I don't know if anybody has an answer for them until possibly the final game of the season. Yeah, I think you're right, too. 14 straight wins, the longest winning streak in D1 right now. Look at the number two seeds real quick. North Carolina, Tennessee isn't interesting to me, and maybe it's because I saw them earlier this year with George Mason. We were there playing them. They have really, again, Rick Barnes' teams always play good, tough defense. Their offense can be pretty spectacular as well. And then you've got Marquette, who just took the beating from UConn and Kansas. Is there any of those four? You mentioned North Carolina, but real quick, any of those four that you would trust to cut down the nets? Ooh, that's tough. I'd probably have to say North Carolina just just because of some bias, and they were there not too long ago. That's a good point. Again, it's hard to trust Kansas, and boy, after Marquette, what happened to them over the weekend? Yeah. I got some work to do there. All right, we'll come back. We're going to have our final segment. Our best bets coming up. Stay with us, Donald and KJ Carson filling in for Chelsea and Jinx right here on the Daily Tip brought to you by Bet and GM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network presented by Bet MGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. One final segment here on this Monday morning. Bill Rowland and KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Coming up after us here on the BetQL Network, it is BetQL Daily. And they will have PJ Glasser, our good friend, host of Send It In across the BetQL Network. He's going to join them. I'm sure they'll talk a little college basketball, maybe look at some golf from over the weekend. Anyway, that's coming up next. If you missed our conversation, KJ and I talking about the latest NFL news and notes, including what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the quarterbacking carousel. Of course, you can always download and subscribe to the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast, and we encourage you to do that. So, KJ, it's And cremated ashes on the moon. And the cremated right. ashes, well, ash ash on the moon and a lot of other things <laughs> as well. But, yes, that was definitely back. I want to listen about cremated ashes on the moon, 7 o'clock hour for your podcast. Uh, KJ, it's a Monday. Mm. We're working. Most everybody else is off. But what are you going to do with the rest of your day today? I, I, are you going to go back, take a nap? You're going to go out and celebrate? Mm. How, do you, how do you spend your President's Day now after we're done here at the top of the hour? trying to go earn some more dead presidents. So like literally after this show, 10 a.m., I'll be on WEEI from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, our buddy Alex Gold, he'll be one of the guests today from uh, awesome. BetQL. See, so that's they don't know that's my secret at WEEI. I do these shows with these guys here on BetQL. Then I call them like, hey, would you like to be on WEEI? So they're like, how are they getting all these guys on the co-? See, it's all about recycling dollars inside of the BetMGM 
system and then turning them into other dollars and cents. So out making more dead presidents after this show. So it's dead president's day for me. Um, I'm good with the mattress. Doesn't this feel like this is the mattress holiday? You remember when president's day used to be two different holidays and they just consolidated it into one. Like that's bogus. The kids are missing out. Somebody was trying to tell me, and I would have to look this up and I'd hate to put this information out because I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate or not. Somebody told me that president's day actually isn't officially named president's day by like the government entities that name these holidays that it just kind of became president's day because they combined Washington and I think it's Lincoln's birthday together, but it's not actually technically officially president's day. I have no idea if that's true or not. Somebody was trying to explain it to me this weekend and I just went, I still have to work Monday. So it doesn't really matter what they call it or why they call it that. Now, if you take one president and another president and add them together, you know that makes the word presidents. You know, (laughs) I think they're just my imagination. (laughs) Yeah, I think their point was that it isn't celebrating all of the presidents. Like we're not celebrating, you know, Buchanan today. It's just a couple of them, not all of them. That's what what you mean. You mean mean today's not Hoover Day? You know, like you. Yeah, it, but it was never designed to celebrate the presidents. It's supposed to celebrate that we are a republic. We democratically elect a president. I, do, don't other con- countries have prime minister days? Like, Is, is there like a prime minister day in other countries? They might be. I don't know. But the idea is to show reverence to the position. You know, so I, I, I don't think it's wow. about any particular one. Right. Because the particular ones that have been chosen. Oh, yeah. Watch this weren't liked by some of the other people who voted that day as well. So, yeah, Yeah. so it's not about a particular president. It's about the position. Ah, that makes more sense. I wish you had been there to explain it that way because it would have saved me about a 10-minute conversation where I didn't understand quite what the person was talking about. All right, here we go. my ashes on the moon. (laughs) Time to figure out who we have the most faith in today. Time to place your bets. All right, KJ, even though we are both kind of guest hosts, I'm usually here on the show, so you would be the official guest. Please, the stage is yours. All right, first one, I know you laughed at about who bets on English Premier Soccer, but I'm looking at Crystal Palace at Everton. Look for a tie. Here's why. One, Crystal Palace, they're clear from relegation, and their manager, Hodgson, just passed out during practice a couple days ago. So this will be their first game back. They had a 0-0 draw against Everton a couple matches ago. Then in a follow-up in the FA Cup, they lost 1-0. Everton has not won any of their last five games. It goes loss, draw, 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 loss. Crystal Palace has won two of those games, but they've lost two in a row. This feels like a draw waiting to happen. Plus 260. I was tempted to take Crystal Palace on the money line. I didn't know about that. Everton, if they even get the single point, they move out of the relegation area of the three bottom. So even if they get one point, they move out of the relegation area. So I look for a tie, Crystal Palace plus 260 tie, or Everton plus 260 tie, however you want to call it. And I have Bruins spread one and a half over Dallas plus 180. The Bruins have been atrocious at home. 
oh, and during his homestand, they even looked even worse against the Kings, but they will give you goals. So I think they are so desperate, especially looking forward to their big matchup with Edmonton here on Wednesday, that they've got to get this game maybe a two- or three-goal lead, and especially after Dallas, who had the game kind of in the balance after that horrible Kings-Bruins game on Saturday, um, and ended up losing to Edmonton 4-3. So I like the Bruins, minus one-and-a-half over Dallas, plus 180. Crystal Palace-Everton tie, plus 260 in the English Premier League. I feel like Chelsea, when Jinx starts talking hockey and she just kind of phases out and glazes over, <laughs> I now know more about the English Premier League than I have ever known in my life. Uh, life. Did you say that the Crystal Palace manager passed out during practice the other day? Yeah, like about four say? days. Yeah, he passed out. And so he, so now you've got a team that has to play loose. Their manager's down. You know, there's this term called the manager's been sacked. Well, I don't know. He hasn't been sacked, but he's he might be tied up in a sack right now trying to recover. So I think it's important for them to get out there and not lose uh, a, a third in a row. I think they, I think they can get the draw. All right, we'll go with it. I again, I I can't argue with you because I have no idea. I I I look at Crystal Palace. I think White Palace, and I want some fries. That's what I think about <laughs> or White Castle, I should say. Anyway. Uh, all right, here's my best that? bet that's, for today. That's like McDowell's. <laughs> it's it's not White Castle. It's not Crystal Palace. It's White Palace. White Crystal, White Palace, whatever it may be. Here's my best bet for today. I'm going to the ice only because there's no NBA to bet on. And quite frankly, I didn't like the college basketball slate today. So we will go under six goals, Detroit and Seattle, mainly because Seattle has gone five straight games Hitting the under, neither one of these two teams score a yeah. ton of goals. Okay, so we're just going to stick with it. Go with the trend, as they like to say. The trend is your friend, and this one is Seattle and the under. It's hitting five straight. Why not just ride this out? Because, again, the Kraken and the Red Wings don't score a ton of goals anyway. So like to have the extra half, but I'm not willing to pay for it. So we'll just stick with the under six between Detroit and Seattle. All right. For your BetQL five-star best bets, inside analysis, historical trends, and more five-star best bets, you can download the BetQL app today. Let's see what the mainframe in Iowa has to say about today's matchups. Uh, brings back memories, does it not, KJ? Hey, if you read the news that... recent. You read the news recently. It might be where we're heading back to. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about that. Where we get to the end. <laughs> Here are the plays for the BetQL mainframe and the doctor who's still locked in a closet back at the studios. Ducks and Sabers under six and a half going to the ice there as well, and also does like a college basketball play, a money line play, Southern University. Even money on the money line at Texas Southern. So those are the two plays today for the BetQL computer. And, yes, I saw the same story that you're talking about, I think, KJ. Gen Z is loving corded phones. They want to bring back the home phone because, as they say, they like twirling the cord. Makes no sense, KJ. Wait till that cord gets all mangled and they get it all stretched out and knotted. 
they won't be liking those phones then. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you remember the little plastic things that they created because we used to twist the cords that would spin with the phone at the bottom. But I guess if Gen yeah. Z's falling in love with this stuff, hey, you guys, you guys, you guys want a laser disc? Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got laser disc here for you if you want them. They're really big CDs and they play video. So, yeah, I, I have an operating laser disc player for those Gen Zs. And I, I showed this to my daughter's boyfriend. She couldn't believe it. See that big ass thing? It looks like a CD. <laughs> Kids, that plays video, laser disc. Get them. But yeah, you know what? We might be going back to some of these older technologies if some of the people in the world have their way. You better keep your DVDs and Blu-ray players around, because <laughs> and maybe even get a home phone. That that might be. You might see the resurgence of the home phone. That's absolutely crazy. It is amazing that they're bringing that back. I also saw a story the other day that there's a guy out there who buys up Sony Walkmans and is making a killing by reselling really? them on eBay because people are buying them like crazy. KJ, you may have a mint fortune right there in your household. If you've got an old Sony Walkman, you could probably be making bank right now. You could bank oh, all your kidding. gambling for the week. Look, here's the case to the Sony Walkman that I had that I threw out. It stopped working because the battery port. Yes, uh, I just threw it out. Thanks for telling yeah, me, Bill. I, I just, I mean, phone number. I saw that. I saw that earlier today, and oh, I did the same thing. I went. I wonder if I have one lying around somewhere, like in a storage unit. Some. I doubt that I do, but I may have to check the next time I head to the I, storage unit. I may have to see what's going on there. Last, until last week, I had a Sony Walkman here but it did not play because the battery terminal broke inside of it. Uh, did, you have, did you have the yellow one or was yours the original? I think the original was in black. Oh, there's no way. I couldn't I couldn't even afford the original. Remember, the original one went for like 250 bucks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so I never yeah, saw I, it, but I, had a, but I I did have the yellow one at one time. Yeah, the Sport model. It was a Sony Walkman yeah. Sport, and it was yellow. Right. Yeah, okay. It could get wet one. and everything. You could take it underwater. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yes, we had the same one. <laughs> KJ, we got to wrap it up. Thank you for filling in, as always. You do a fantastic job. Again, catch him on WEEI later today, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Filling in there. Jinx is back tomorrow along with Lucy Burge. Thanks to David Dykstra. Thanks to Matt Pisani. Thanks for everybody listening. We appreciate it. I'm Bill Rowland saying enjoy the rest of your day. This has been The Daily Tip brought to you by Ben and GM. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.